Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. A beautiful day in America. Chairman James Comer's investigation into the Biden family moving full speed ahead. Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley also have their own investigation away. The two senators honing in on Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and his wife and their contact with Hunter Biden relating to Burisma. Burisma is the Ukrainian energy company that paid Hunter Biden and his associates $11 million. Joe Biden was Obama's vice president for four of the five years that Hunter Biden sat on Burisma's board. In December of 2020, Blinken sat for a transcribed interview with Senate investigators in which he was asked, did you ever talk with Hunter Biden on the phone? To which he replied, not that I recall. He was then asked, did you have any other means of correspondence with him? Emails or texts? Blinken replied, no. Emails uncovered on the infamous Hunter Biden laptop show that Hunter Biden in fact did urge Blinken through his wife to speak with executives of a Democrat consulting firm representing Burisma. The firm is called Blue Star Consulting and Burisma hired them to improve their image amid allegations of corruption. It's unclear what role, if any, Blinken's wife played in that scheme. But at that time, she was also working for the State Department. She was the Assistant Secretary of State for Educational and Cultural Affairs. And turning now to our woefully woke military that is falling far short of its recruiting goals, the Navy has responded and confirmed that they are now using a drag queen influencer as their so-called digital ambassador to attract recruits to the Navy. That ambassador is Joshua Kelly, U.S. Navy Yeoman, second class. He goes by the stage name Harpy Daniels. This should be, at best, an utter embarrassment to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and an insult to all who served the U.S. Navy. And speaking of great Americans who served, we asked Navy SEAL Robert O'Neill, the man credited with killing Osama bin Laden, for his take on the Navy's new recruitment strategy, here he is. I don't have a problem with what anyone does when the the doors close behind behind them. But right. it's, it's coming out front here and, and uh, showing a drag queen as being the head of our a, a yeoman as the face of the toughest Navy in the world. China is literally laughing at us. Russia is laughing at us. Why is there so many wars going on in the world? The world is a better place when America is strong. We're supposed to be ferocious, not fabulous. Rob O'Neill, a great American. He'll be joining us next week here on The Great America Show. The NSA cybersecurity director has a warning for Americans. He says, buckle up for generative artificial intelligence. 
Director Rob Joyce says the National Security Agency expects the generative AI to be the source for a lot of scams and problems to come. To get a better sense of where we are right now with artificial intelligence, we bring in our guest, James Barrett. James is a journalist, a documentary producer, and author. He's also one of the first people to sound the alarm on artificial intelligence. James, great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. And let's start with your judgment about where we are right now as we're caught somewhere between GPT-4 and 5 and a nation that doesn't truly understand what's happening with artificial intelligence. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, um, I hate to I hate to be right all the time, but, but most of the things I predicted in our final invention have come come to pass. And right now we're experiencing this, you know, collective uh, kind of head rush and, and disorientation as, you know, no longer do we get LAMDA and DALI, then GPT-3, four, and auto GPT are thrown at us. And restarting this, this cycle of shock and acceptance. But now this is the new normal, the exponential development of thinking machines. Um, and of course they have huge commercial potential. Uh, they have reckless emergent properties, and they're uh, they're shaking everybody up. Well, I'm I'm amongst those. I I will tell you, uh, I'm shaken up by thinking uh, machines that uh, can outthink me and produce uh, papers in a matter of moments that would take any uh, grad student at least a couple of weeks to do a, a similar job. We're watching the potential. Uh, here yeah. uh, of replacing just about everything we accept as uh, normal, uh, deep research, uh, it's time taken. Uh, there are multipliers of all kinds, whether in depth, whether in time, uh, in knowledge. It's it is just striking to think that I've got a, an app on my phone. Uh, that I can ask it any question, I will get an intelligent answer. It may not be the right answer, and it may not be the one I sought. But it's remarkable what we can do just simply with an app right now. Uh, what in the world lies ahead? Well, it's uh, you know I'm I'm a skeptic of AI, but I'm just as fascinated as you are. I I play with uh, ChatGPT all the time. I I don't really use it for writing, but I ask it questions, and it's an excellent. Um, if you ask it to connect two ideas, you know uh, I'm just making something up, like you know sure. crow mating patterns and uh and climate uh it will it will write a persuasive and well thought out essay um the the danger i think that we all have is when we when we receive writing or speech from something we perceive that there's a mind behind it mm -hmm. and that's just our you know we've never heard we've never talked to a mind that wasn't a human mind and so we we give it a lot of authority and as you as you pointed out ChatGPT is wrong about 25% of the time. Um, I did an experiment with it where I asked it a question and I said, provide citations. And then I looked up the citations and they were completely made up. <laughs> authors, <laughs> authors, book titles. <clears throat> it was amazing. It was just complete. They're just completely wrong. So even, even the head of OpenAI said, um, don't, don't trust this for anything, anything important. It's, it's not, it's not ready yet. 
<laughs> you know, being wrong is one thing, but I've seen a number of accounts uh, with those who are spending some considerable time and have great expertise talking about the hallucinations of yeah. AI in various forms. And it doesn't seem to matter uh, which uh, machine, which uh, example of AI uh, is being uh, interacted with. Uh, it, oh. it is a common, apparently, a common uh, response uh, endemic to AI at this stage. At this stage, yes, absolutely. Because, you know, these, these, these large language modules, they use deep learning techniques and massive amounts of data to, to summarize and generate and predict new content. They're, they're prediction machines. They, they predict what is the next best word, what is the next best sentence. And they, they base that on the prompts that you give them, like, you know, what's, what are the mating habits of, of, of ravens and crows? Um, the, the, the trouble is they don't actually know anything. There's nothing inside. There's no mind. There's no sense of self. There's nothing like consciousness. They have the trappings of language, but not any of the understanding. So you know that you can put a cup on your table and you can cup your hands. Uh, these large language modules don't know what a cup or a table or hands are. They're very excellent mimics. And that's why to them, Saying something that's untrue has absolutely no no. There's no demerits for that. It's not it's not looking for truth or f f falseness. It's it's scanning the uh, vast amount of of uh, text and books and and articles. It's and and the whole the whole contents of the internet, and it's looking for a statistical alignment of of words. But it doesn't care if it's if it's true or not, and it has no way no mind to evaluate its truth. And no way to do that. It separates from what we think of coding, uh, programming, uh, and producing a result in, inter in human interaction with our machines. But the power seems like it is quickly slipping from the programmer, operator, user uh, to the machine itself, to the CPU that is becoming something uh, organic unto itself. It seems to be that way, and you know, but there's a, there's a big gap now. What, what what all these companies really want to do? They're making these they're making these uh, these image generators and word generators, and they're really powerful and really persuasive. But where they're headed is called AGI, as you probably know, artificial general intelligence, and that's human level intelligence in a machine. That's job number one for all these companies. For, for for Google, for OpenAI, for DeepMind, for Meta, and they've said as much. They've said that they want to get there because it's, it would be it would be a huge a huge product. Um, but you know they're getting there in a, in a, as fast as they can. But there's a lot missing in these large language modules before they can become as, as before they can become smart. I mean, they have to know about the world, and they don't know anything about the world. Um, they need to be connected to what they call a uh, just a, a, a database of common sense knowledge, and uh, or they need to be embodied in a robot and learn about the world by going out and looking at it and and seeing it and hearing it. So, and and for that you can also use old fashioned programming. Um, they're not going to get all the way 
through neural networks, which is what these large language mod modules are based on. But they need old-fashioned rule-based programming to, to complete the, the circle to get to human-level intelligence. And and I want to share with everyone the subtitle to your your terrific book, Our Final Invention. And I want to and I want to mention, if I may, the publication date. And by the way, uh, we recommend Our Final Invention, uh, James Burrant's uh, terrific book on AI, uh, to you. It's available uh, on on uh, Amazon. But here is the here is the subtitle. Are you ready, folks? Artificial intelligence and the end of the human ear. Now that's an attention grabber, uh, James. <laughs> that that uh, if if you didn't get if you didn't pick up on our final invention, uh, the end of the human era uh, is a a stone cold uh, inspiration to to read read read. Uh, Give us your sense of you. You mentioned that you've had many of your predictions and forecasts come to to fruition to reality. Uh, how likely is it that we will see artificial intelligence at a level sentient, uh, independent uh, in the next decade? I'd say it's very high. I, I used to say uh, twenty twenty nine, which happens to be Ray Kurzweil's anticipation and he said by 2029 we should have at the price of a computer a uh, basically a, a human level brain in a machine um so i think we get we'll get to that and to, to agi human level intelligence within a decade but the next step is the really the really sensitive one and we call that the intelligence explosion and you can already see it forming now you have uh chat gpt4 and People have already said that ChatGPT4 will help program ChatGPT5. And there's also another GPT called AutoGPT, which, which improves its own programming. And there's talk about, you know, you know how you improve the programming of one of these models is you generate more data. And right now, believe it or not, we're, we're running out of data. So um, every question you ask ChatGPT becomes part of its data for training. But if it could make its own data, if it could make its own unbiased data and you know good clean data, then it could improve its own intelligence. And that's what the intelligence explosion really is. It, it, it's an idea that's been around since the 1960s and says, if we create machines that are as smart or smarter than us, uh, they'll be able to, to do many things that we do better than us. One of those things, critically, is artificial intelligence research and development. So right now we're developing uh, machines that are, that are going to be good at artificial intelligence research and development, and that's that's the recipe for the intelligence explosion. Now, what happens after that? You know, do we come through okay? Because you know, one day we're playing with ChatGPT or its you know its its much smarter cousin in five years, and then the next thing we know, we're sharing the planet with something that's a thousand or a millions of times more intelligent than we are. And we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to uh, share the planet with something smarter than us. You know, I I was lucky enough to interview Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction writer, mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, people don't know he was also a scientist. Right. Um, but he said, uh, you know, we share the planet, or we steer the future, not because we're the fastest creature or the strongest creature, but because we're the most intelligent. When we share the planet with something more intelligent than we are, they will steer the future. 
So that's, you know, that's where we're headed. That's, that's where the uh, end of the human era come, comes from. We have a couple of really big problems to solve, or I'm afraid it's, you know, it's going to be lights out for, for our species. You know, I hadn't heard uh, Arthur C. Clarke's name uh, for a very long time. I had the opportunity to spend some time with him uh, years uh, years ago, wow. when, whenever he came to town to talk about uh, all all of his splendid writings, uh, e e beautiful writings, including, of course, uh, <laughs> Space Odyssey and the yep, famous yep. Owl computer. Yeah. Uh, to think how prescient he was in so many areas uh, is is humbling. But uh, anyway, a, a great a great man, a great uh, author. Uh, and he abs he absolutely uh, thought. I and mean, one of the other things we, we when I interviewed him, he said, "Intelligence will win out in whatever form. Intelligence is the the superpower of of our planet. And uh, if it's if it's machine or human, the greater intelligence will win out." Well, let's. Let's continue this conversation uh, with with James Barat. Uh, he is the author of our final invention, Artificial Intelligence and the End of the Human Era. And we're going to find out more about the explosion of both intelligence and knowledge. And is there a countervailing influence available or imaginable uh, to AI and what looks to be an almost certain path to its dominion over our planet. We're coming right back with James Barat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org. We're back. We're talking with author James Barat, and his book is Our Final Invention, Artificial Intelligence and the End of the Human Era. Uh, welcome back. And James, let's talk about that uh, intelligence explosion, uh, the ever-growing the ever uh, growing need on the part of AI to find more data, a greater, ever-greater knowledge base. Is there any countervailing any possibility of a countervailing influence against what will be the awesome intelligence and capacity of AI in whatever form it takes, let's say, over the next 10 to 20 years? Sure. Fortunately, there is there is hope. I, and I'm actually writing a book proposal for a, for a follow-up to our final invention called The Intelligence Explosion. Um, what, what, what has to happen is these companies have to, you know, there is... Recently, the Future of Life Institute released an uh, open letter saying, let's, let's pause development for, for six months. Another uh, prominent AI theorist, Eliezer Yudkowsky, said, no, let's just stop it until we understand. Because here's the thing. Even the experts say, we don't understand what's going on inside these large language modules. They're not programmed the way we used to program. They ingest information and they organize it themselves. If you were to open it up and peer inside, you'd see a lot of decimals and, and random marks. 
and it's really the, the way that it encodes the vast amounts of, of data it ingests. But, but it's not programmed, and you can't, like, insert some code to make it safe. So what, what's that, what that's called is interpretability. We need, we need to be able to, inter to interpret and to explain what's going on inside these machines. And, you know, the head of uh, OpenAI and uh, Stuart Russell, who's one of the world's preeminent uh, AI, AI thinkers, he wrote this code of the standard text on, on artificial intelligence called A Modern Approach. He says, you know, we, we don't understand what's going on inside and we're headed for what he called a Chernobyl-sized disaster. Now, we, there are ways around that uh, that conclusion, we can, we can, we can, uh, so a slow down and B insist that, that, uh, AI makers are able to explain how the systems are working. And what that may mean is going back to last generation AI techniques, like expert systems, symbolic AI, case-based reasoning. And these, these, Old techniques allow programmers to interpret and explain how the systems work, making them more predictable, making them safer than models based on deep, deep learning. Um, some experts advocate a hybrid approach of both deep learning and older techniques, so you don't lose all the awesomeness of, of the large language modules mm -hmm. models. Um, that may be a good, that may offer a route to solving, you know, to to solving mankind's problems. I mean, there are many benefits to artificial intelligence, but there's also some, some harrowing risks. And what we need to do is, as you said, we need to, we need to mitigate them. And, and just knowing where to start with a, with a reliable mitigation, a workable mitigation is going to be a fascinating enterprise all, uh, all into itself. Uh, you mentioned the pause that had been called for by some, what, 1,400 uh, yeah. uh, leaders in technology to, to moving from uh, GPT-4 to 5 uh, or, or wherever the research is at this point. Bill Gates, I thought it was interesting. He he absolutely rejected the idea of that pause on AI. He says, yes, it's impractical and impossible. And I, have to say, I, I don't often agree with Bill Gates about uh, a number of things, but the the reality is I can't see uh, the CCP in, China, in Beijing saying, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's pause. We don't want to have uh, additional advantages in our technology to uh, to win over the world. Uh, your thoughts about the nationalism sure. that persists, the, uh, the idea that there's going to be a global governance, which will be rejected, I think, by most uh, Americans just by nature, uh, and the efficacy of, of what would result from a pause or from just plunging ahead? Well, you're right. Getting China to the table would be tough. But there's a cultural thing about China that, that we need to keep in mind. The, the, the programmers in China, right now there's a chip embargo, so they don't have the chips to make a chat GPT. They don't have the NVIDIA chips, and uh, they're starting their own multi-billion dollar chip industry because right now they're dependent on us. So they won't be coming up with one of these, these things soon. Secondly, there's a cultural thing where they don't want to be seen as to do anything to, that would threaten the premier. So 
they they will not make something that is more powerful. I'm not kidding. They they will not, they will probably not make something willingly or wittingly that is more powerful than than uh, than the premier of China. So it's not a it's not a given that they will eat our lunch as as people are afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we we that we already seem to have a lot of buy-in from the 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 heads of uh, of some of these of the of the big tech companies. So, you know, six, I'm not sure if six months is going to be enough, but China is, is they're, they're tech, technologically extremely astute. They know what's happening and they, they know what's coming. Now, boy, you know, maybe we can get them to the table because they know that what's best for, for, uh, for, for China in AI is best for all of us. What's best for slowing down the intelligence explosions, slowing down the, this development is not just good for us, but good for them. Um, and another way to look at it is this. If China did win and were suddenly ruled by, you know, the, the guy with the biggest AI, well, that wouldn't be, would that be any worse than being ruled by, ruled by AI? You know, we'd, we'd, be, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be under a, a tyranny one way or the other. So... I'm you trying know. to find. I'm trying to find in that James some cold comfort at least. Uh, <laughs> but the choice you offer uh, is not. You know, doesn't warm my heart. Uh, it's and it's precisely what I think concerns most Americans, uh, and, and that is, we have a unique uh, uh, life uh, in America, a lifestyle, a way of life. Uh, and it is decentralized. And here we are. We thought that uh, the CPU in all those desktops would be decentralizing and democratizing uh, to all the population. It hasn't quite worked out that way, but it's better than it was. And it does open up avenues for far more people. But once we go to AI, we are talking about, if not the singularity, we're talking about high, high, dense levels of centralization of both capacity and power. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at it this way. Our our lives are in the hands of about five CEOs. And they weren't elected. And, you know, I didn't vote for them. And what gives them this power? Here's a, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, a metaphor that people use a lot. And I like it. It's about getting on an airplane. Let's, let's say, uh, you're about to get on an airplane when you're told half of the engineers who designed it believe it has a 10% chance of crashing. Furthermore, the airplane fails the explainability test. It's a black box system and none of the engineers can explain how it works. Then there's the problem of control. The longer the plane stays in the air, the more prone it is to unpredictable, uncontrollable behavior. And the engineers themselves each has a sorted rap sheet of rotten behavior, like lying to Congress, employing predatory business practices, infringing on copyrights, and, and publishing incendiary fake news. Now, would you get on that airplane? Well, since you put it in such an inviting, uh, <laughs> inviting terms, I'm, I'm thinking probably I'll catch the next flight. Yeah, uh, well, here's the, the bad news is you're on it already, and so is, everybody, and so is everybody you care about. We're on this plane. It's it's uh, you know we're 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 rocketing ahead as, as fast at, at, at warp speed with these architectures, and we simply don't understand how they work. 
Well, we're we're talking with author James Barat, who has uh, offered us a thought experiment that uh, I, I don't think it leads to a lot of places pleasant, but we'll find out more and what we can do to keep this uh, <laughs> this flight uh, airborne uh, when we continue with a brief message from our sponsors right after this. We're coming right back. Stay with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're back with author James Barat and documentary uh, uh, Tarion as well. Uh, his book is Our Final Invention, Artificial Intelligence and the End of the Human Era. Uh, you've put together a, 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 a challenging uh, experiment. Uh, we're aloft. Uh, we have all of the conditions that you laid out. Now what do we do, James? Well, we, we the, I, I, I'm the, usually the last to recommend regulation. Um, but you know, right now there's a bill in front of Congress called the Algorithm Accountability Act of 2022. And that requires uh, impact assessments of AI systems to check for biases and effectiveness and presumably safety. These regulations are not moving very fast. Um, but, but you know, we need some oversight. These, and, and, you know, even, even, uh, even uh, the heads of some of these countries say, or companies say we need oversight. I heard a, an amazing thing from the CEO of Google who said, uh, yeah, Sundar Pichai said, society isn't prepared for the rapid advancement of AI but establishing common sense precautions is not for a company to decide. So he completely, <laughs> completely said, it's not our responsibility. Now, when, when, when we release a new food, a new drug, we have the FDA that gives it a thorough checkout. When we, when we introduce a new airplane, the FAA has to approve it. Um, the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, has to approve any kind of uh, development in, in, in nuclear energy or nuclear weapons. But we have nothing. It's bizarre, given the stakes, that the industry has been left to self-regulate. Um, you know, there's, it, an issue, there's, yeah. a, there's an issue in that, too, that uh, everyone's talking gently about or talking around it. And that is, how many minds do you think uh, are extant in American society right now who can fully comprehend and engage the first the concept of AI and who truly understand it uh, scientifically uh, and operationally? Oh, 
You know, I, 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 there are so few. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would say that you could, you could fit them in a phone booth. <laughs> and um, my problem with that is, James, I'm a populist. I really believe in the consent of the governed. I believe yeah, in our constitutional yeah. republic. And I don't believe that there is a, a existing at this moment another government system that comes anywhere close to assuring individual rights, as does the American the American governmental system uh, and political system is as flawed and messed up as it is right now. I still think it's uh, the, done yeah. correctly. It's the best there is. I don't know a way uh, to preserve it if we have so few who can comprehend and and navigate uh, the future. That's that's a really good point. I'm I'm with you. I'm a populist too, and that's why I I wrote our final invention to be read by anybody. Um, I, I tell you, if you if you stroll through a bookstore and you pick up an AI book, it's generally hard going. And I really try to make our final invention uh, not not you know like I really targeted like ninth or tenth grade reading level, which happens to be where the New York Times is, and a lot of a lot of other. Uh, papers i'm doing the same thing with um the 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 follow-up to our final invention because here's the thing you're asking about how we how are we going to change things how are we going to save ourselves and i think it comes down to this we have to save ourselves that means we have to put pressure on politicians we have to do it you know vote with our vote we have to um look at politicians you know the white house has a ai bill of rights it's non-binding guidance on the use of ai systems it doesn't have any power. There's no money behind it, just like there's no money behind the Algorithm Accountability Act. But we need to insist on that. You know, we need to say, hey, we're the voters. We don't want the the power, uh, the, the, the fate of our lives to be in the hands of five, you know, CEOs, all of whom have getaway houses in the desert. And I'm not even kidding. You know, everybody you everybody who gets on TV who's a CEO of one of these companies has a place to escape to or try to escape to if if the stuff hits the fan. Yeah, it's is every and every American should be so blessed. Uh, nothing is more concerning to me right this moment than to hear the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas come back again with wanting to control freedom of expression, freedom of thought, and to do so by creating, yet again, another task force. And the purpose of that task force, James, how to use artificial intelligence to protect critical infrastructure, including screening cargo, and he doesn't mention people, but it would be people as well, to ferret out any threat to, quote-unquote, the system. Mm. Uh, and suddenly, uh, DHS, which should, in my opinion, be well down the number of agencies and departments that should be working with AI, wants to have AI chat GPT in several months to so they can test how to use the technology to protect the homeland, as they would put it. It's, I always hear them do that with an accent when I think of them describing <laughs> it as such. Uh, that's deeply concerning to me because they haven't they don't have officials in the Department of Homeland Security who are capable of even the most rudimentary cyber uh, protection as they've proved in election after election. I, I, I totally agree with you. It's it, it's a giant mistake. You know what they did? They they released chat GPT onto the web 
which is a big mistake as far as I'm concerned, because as ChatGP develops, and they're also they're also trying to imbue it with initiative. So it's not inert. It's not just sitting there waiting for a prompt. It's actually taking action and getting things done. Well, you don't want that. You don't you don't want to release it onto the internet. Um, and it was somebody that wasn't thinking very hard about 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 the risks who did that. Um, you don't want I you don't want to put it in the hands of uh, of Homeland Security to guard anything because right now it's so full of holes. It's just a giant security breach waiting to happen. Um, you know, it would it would take a, a bureaucrat to come up with that idea. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, James, I, this has been a delightful uh, conversation with you. I appreciate it so much. You're taking the time to educate uh, educate us and to illuminate AI. Uh, we always give our guests the last word here. Uh, and, and if we may, your concluding thoughts uh, here on The Great I'm America sure. and, Show. And, and the pleasure has been mine, Lou. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, I would say to everybody, these concepts – while it is hard to, to, to program this kind of AI, uh, and it's not up to everybody, but it is up to everybody to get involved, to start to understand the basics of what it is about this era. We're going through a period that's as transformative as electricity or the internet. And it's up to each individual in this republic to, to get educated so that they can, they can force their, by, by peaceful voting, they can force their politicians to take action. To regulate. I, I just uh, want to say again, what a pleasure it's been talking with you, and thank you for being with us, and I hope you'll come back soon. And uh, we want to recommend James' book, Our Final Invention, Artificial Intelligence and the End of the Human Era. We recommend it to you highly, available on Amazon.com straight away. Uh, and fire up your Kindle, and let's go get them. <laughs> so, thank you, Lou. Thanks for being with us here, and please join us Monday when our guest will be Ed Rollins, the savant of political strategy, and the New York Post, Michael Goodwin. Join us for all that. Have a great weekend, and we'll be right back Monday. Until then, thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America.